welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Tara Tuttle and with me is Rebecca Mazzino and together we're going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. So Beck, I love Christmas and I me love too. some of the chaos. How do you how do you find Christmas? I love it and I think there there could be the potential to not love it, but I've managed to work out ways to make it sort of low stress and I think that it can be really stressful for some people and it can be a really anxious time of the year and I think I can understand why some people might want to make some changes to the way Christmas is for them. Part of what helps me reduce the stress is by being really organised so Mm. that I don't have too much on my plate. So the whole present thing like we talked about yesterday and the fact that that's all done that's not even mm. on my radar. I don't think about that now till Christmas Eve and when we've got to, you know, yeah. start pulling presents out. But for some people that leave that to the last week and the food shopping yeah. and have family coming into town and a million commitments, yeah, I can appreciate that it would get pretty stressful. Yeah. I think there's there's a couple of ways to reduce the stress and I think you and I have taken two different routes. <laughs> I think that as mentioned in the last episode, my main stress-reducing technique is to opt out mm-hmm. and I think yours is to be super organised. That's it. And I've found this blogger called Rebecca Cooper. She's an American lady and she has got some fascinating ideas. She has a blog called simpleasthatblog.com and she's a photographer as well, so there's some beautiful pictures on her pages. I'll put the link to her blog in our show notes, but she's got a few articles about trimming down your Christmas schedule and taking it, pairing it back, going back to having a simple Christmas to really enjoy it because I can't Mm. imagine there'd be anything worse than everyone's gearing up. There's all the hype about Christmas and some people just want it over with. So hopefully we can give you a few steps to get through that. Yeah, definitely. We don't, no one wants everyone else around them to be having fun while they're, you know, in the fetal position in a corner rocking. You know, that's just not fun. <laughs> you just don't want that for Christmas. You want everybody to be having a good time, not not just a few of, of the people. So, um, yeah, if we can help with that, we will today. And we've popped a few questions on some of our social media pages about what gets people feeling overwhelmed. And the general consensus was schedules and being busy, being overstretched with Mm -hmm. things that are on. Wastefulness, so excess wrapping paper, excess food, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And even I think we've had a couple of comments about decorations and dealing with decorations and storing decorations. So we're going to split it up a bit. And today we're just going to talk about the schedules and the busyness and a bit of the wastefulness and then next week we might go through a few extra things yeah we'll talk about how to manage the the waste manage the packaging and the uh, all that kind of stuff and post christmas all the post christmas stuff we'll talk about next week perfect so getting back to this rebecca cooper one of her articles that she has got on her page talks about four steps to a joyful christmas and i'm going to run through some of these with you and we'll have a bit of a chat and see what you think but I really like them. It's They're nice and simple, easy to follow. So her first step, she says, is to envision the holiday season you want. And she said, if you w- want to slow down and create a magical Christmas for you and your family, try and remember back 
to your childhood or previous Christmas you you've had and what made them special do you Mm. do you have something that sticks out in your mind Beck when you think of the perfect Christmas yeah I definitely have my childhood um, Christmas in mind and my days follow very much very similarly to to how my childhood Christmas days went and I mean when you're a child usually what you think about are the presents (laughs) at Christmas time but also you know having you know family around and and things like that and so when you think back to you know the, the the most important things is having people around and and opening presents probably are the two things from my childhood that I remember about Christmas yeah, I try to. She's got a, a challenge under this first step to try and narrow it down to one, or she says to create a list of one to three words that you want to keep at the front of your mind as you go through Christmas. And and she says, you know, go back to your childhood, work out what was important to you, and then try and narrow it down if you can to one word. So I tried to mm. do this last night. I had a bit of a think about it. And for me, that one word I think would be home. When I think of all my mm. favourite Christmases, It wasn't the ones where we travelled to see family, even though, you know, a plane trip or a car trip might have been exciting. It was never, you know, the Christmas carols on in the car. It was never other people's houses. All my best memories are decorating the tree at home, baking with my mum at home, um, Mm. having people come to our house. It was always all of my best memories are being around my own home. I guess I don't know if it was a level of comfort or what it was. Mm. But so... For me, moving through these four steps, the word I would probably use is home. And for other people, it might be something different. It might be music. That might be the essence of their yeah. Christmas. So maybe you you keep that at the forefront. So she says once you've got your your word or your formula for a, a joy-filled Christmas, try and keep that word at the front of your mind as you move through the season and then come back to that. So say no to the activities that might use your time but don't fill you with joy. So for me, Mm. I guess if my word is home, then when we get invited to everyone else's place and then add in the dance concerts and the school concerts and, you know, the carols and all of that, if I'm trying Mm. to recreate my Christmas, then I would probably say no to a few of those things because they all take me away from home. I think one of of my words would be chilled. (laughs) Yeah, Um, right. That... For me, when I think about Christmas, and and this is, you know, for those listeners who are listening in the Northern Hemisphere, and we actually do have listeners in America and Denmark and Sweden and the UK and where else, Ireland, Spain. So for those those people that, that are listening, it sort of will seem a bit weird for me to say this, but where I grew up in country Victoria, it gets very, very hot. And for those in America, I think the the climate is very similar to sort of Sacramento, uh, San Jose, that kind of climate. And so for me, Christmas is about being inside under the air conditioner mm-hmm. and and we and it's the same at home you know we have a pool here and so when we're here at home we're often swimming on Christmas day and it's just got that that slow chilled out kind of feel to it and so you know when there are activities that are busy that are time compressed that have me rushing those are activities that I would definitely be saying no to like trying to fit a few things in one day that's just like no just no and are you are you good at saying no to things yeah 
You, yeah, but I. that said, we have a very small family. So Christmas Day is, is often with no more than eight of us. So we don't have this massive extended family that we have to travel around and see. And so it's very small for us. And I don't have the, um, what's the word? I don't have the demands on me. Mm-hmm. Whereas if there were other demands on me, then perhaps I would find it harder to have this Christmas that I like. Yeah, I think just listening to you say that, I'm like, oh, that's the complete opposite of my Christmas this year because we'll be visiting family in Adelaide. So we've got extended family before Christmas, Christmas lunch with my mum's side, Christmas dinner with my dad's side and then Boxing Day with others and it's just, just, (laughs) Mm. and just to, you know, throw the cat amongst the pigeons, we're going away spending a couple nights in the Clare Valley, which will be beautiful, but we're doing that on the 22nd and 23rd with friends. Uh, so we will be, yeah. it's, mine is the polar opposite to home, <laughs> to my one word. <laughs> so I might have to use these four steps next year. But we, mm. I, for me, a lot of it comes from obligation. And I feel like if I'm if I'm with family or around, in the same state as family, which doesn't always happen. And quite often we try to keep every other year a Christmas at home and people either come mm. to us or they don't and we mm. stay put, which is really lovely. I guess I worry that my memories of an amazing Christmas, I'm not necessarily giving them to my kids because they're, you know, their schedules. We've got to get out the house, we've got to get to lunch, then we've got to move here. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and quite often they don't get to sit around and play with their toys all morning because We've, yep. we've got to get ready and, and be on the move. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I really like these four steps, but they're making me think I really need to follow might, them. <laughs> yeah, I might need to start <laughs> taking my own advice. <laughs> um, so her third step, she says, she talks about prioritise and simplify your traditions. Mm-hmm. And this is something I, I am good at, is take the traditions you love and keep them simple. And I think quite often when a couple comes together, you know, you both have your traditions from your families and your childhoods mm. and you try and blend them. And sometimes there's just too many things to fit into one season. Um, what was important to me and some of my key traditions, and a lot of that revolves around being in the kitchen and baking and the type of food we made together and served and ate together, you know, versus, you know, going out to Christmas pageants and visiting Santa at the Magic Cave and all these kind of things. Mm. When you try and put them all into one schedule, I don't know that anyone really enjoys that. So she talks about trying not to achieve too much in it in this short time, slow down, enjoy the process. And you know what, maybe this year, do a couple of the things from your list and next year do a couple of the things from your partner's list. But um, yeah, keep it keep it basic, Um, keep the most important ones and make them really special rather than trying to do everything in a rush. And then deciding what's important is is probably hard though, isn't it? Because it's that whole prioritising of, well, which ones are the most important? And because important is such a subjective word. If you've got problems with overcomplicated Christmases and and schedules, then what I would probably do is prioritise the ones that, again, relate most strongly to the word that you or the the whole philosophy of Christmas that you want. Mm-hmm. So you know, for you it would be the traditions that traditions that were about home. For me, it would be the traditions that are about doing as little as possible mm-hmm. <laughs> and and relaxing. And so that that would be a good way to prioritize those traditions is to look back and say and to go which ones actually provide um, me with the most value uh, and the least stress. And you know what, you could have a 
a family meeting about it or you could talk to your partner mm. or talk, if your kids are at an age where they have an opinion, ask them from the Christmases you've had what traditions they loved and what they mm. they didn't love because we did things like we'd drag the kids out late at night for the, you know, the big Christmas tree lighting oh, and, you know, turning lights, on the yeah. star and all that kind of stuff. And it was parking and it was walking a long way and it was <laughs> 20 seconds of excitement. And I thought that was a great thing. My kids were like, yeah, whatever, meh. Whatever. And I was like, oh, great, we can cut that off the list because I wasn't doing it for me. I thought it was something that they would love. The type of thing that there was just a miscommunication there and then once we figured mm. out that none of us were actually really getting much out of that, that was an easy one to cut from the schedule. To drop. Yeah, that just reminded me of going and looking at the Christmas lights and bundling everyone in their pyjamas and going for a drive. And when they were little, because, you know, again, in Australia, by the time it's actually dark enough to enjoy the Christmas lights, it's like 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, <laughs> and, and the um, kids are feral. <laughs> I know, right. And so when they're little, you know, um, you got to sort of keep them awake long enough to then bundle them off in the car. And they do they do come good when they get in, once they get in the car, but it's a bit bit tough and then you've got to get them to sleep on their, in their hyped up state when you get back home again but that's one tradition that we've done pretty consistently is go and look at the light like I said we we're not highly scheduled at Christmas time so a lot of things just happen when we feel like it that's good I like that um Rebecca's last step in her four steps to a simple Christmas is brilliant as well she says take the pressure off and be all there And I love this. Mm. She talks about shutting off your mental to-do list. And let's face it, at Christmas, because I feel like you have, you are the master of all the schedules and the the kids' to-do lists and want lists and remembering the dance costumes for this concert. And, for you know, like, Mm. and unless you write a lot of things down, most of that to-do list floats around in your head. And so when mm. you you schedule this fabulous memory, maybe, you know, putting the Christmas tree up and then you're only half there because you're so busy worrying about yeah, everything else that has to be done. Is everything sorted for tomorrow? Yeah. So I think you need to switch off and be all in. Put your to-do list aside. Forget about all the other things that are wearing around in your head and just cherish the moment because yeah. these are the moments you've worked so hard to create and then yeah, you miss then out you on even, them. Yeah, you miss out on them completely. Something that just popped in my head then when you were talking about that last point is not mentioned by Rebecca in the blog, but perfectionism. Yes. I think that perfectionism can be a real enemy of a happy Christmas. Just like when you mentioned decorating the Christmas tree, I just thought about how many people I've heard say they don't let their kids decorate the Christmas tree because they don't do it properly or that the kids sketch decorate one Christmas tree but then they have their own that they have perfect. And little things like that make me wonder whether or not that person actually is enjoying Christmas or whether they're just going through the motions and doing things that they think they should in the way that they think they should do them. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, they're trying to buy into how Christmas should look. Yeah, rather than just letting it be. But yeah. having said that, I am I do have a bit of a OCD tendency about my tree. <laughs> so <laughs> I'd be completely hypocritical if I just said nothing. If you agreed with I, me, yeah. <laughs> I I am all in for the decorating and we have an amazing time. My issue is then once the kids are in bed and I sit on the couch and I look at it, I go, Oh, there's too many 
red bows on that side. <laughs> I'll just adjust a couple because I don't know why it drives me batty. And so for the first oh, couple totally of nights, I might it. make a couple of adjustments, but then I'm okay. But I, I get it, like, because it's, I, I understand that the, the, the symmetry idea and something like looking just good, but I also really enjoy the freedom of looking at the tree and just saying, well, I didn't do it, so it's not my fault that it's all out of whack. <laughs> and so I, there's a certain amount of freedom in looking at the tree and yeah. going, hey, the kids decorated my tree. And you just sort of put your hands up and go, wasn't me, it was the kids. And they get to have the fun without being corrected. They get to be creative without there being rules around creativity. And you get to just step back and go, all right, I'm I'm out of this. It's just, you know, you do you and, and I'll do me and I, I won't try and correct it. So for me, there is actually a lot of freedom in that letting go. But I do definitely understand that. And if I were in charge of the tree, it would be symmetrical as well. I would I would want it to be, you know, I would be wanting it to be just right. So for me, it's like all or nothing. I have to have kid, let the kids go and just let it all go or do it all myself. I can't kind of, it's better if I don't do something in between. Yeah. I think as my kids are getting older, I'm relaxing a bit. But that whole thing, you know, when you've got little ones and there's nothing for the top two thirds of the tree and just a band around the bottom that's full of <laughs> yeah. decorations because that's as high as they can reach. That's so cute. <laughs> Yeah, and it's all at the front and there's none at the back and then I yeah. just have to just take a few deep breaths, count to ten. Yeah, it reminds me of that episode of Friends and they're all decorating the tree together and one of the one of the guys comments that he finds it strange that Monica has let the others decorate the tree and then she said, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm fine, I can deal with that and then when they all walk away she turns it around so that her side is the one that's showing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it, yeah. yeah I might try common. that this year. I'll just do a side. <laughs> you do one side and then turn it around so that your side yeah, is the that's one that's, it. Seen. that's it. Yeah. So yeah, I think back to perfectionism. There, you know, it's an, it's. I think it's a really important point that we have to be careful we don't let it derail our Christmas because perfectionism puts so much pressure on you and it's you that's putting the pressure on yourself so you have control and you have the ability to change that if you do if you wish to absolutely i think that leads us perfectly away from the blog article and into our next little topic which is dealing with the excess and the wastefulness and some of this i think comes from the perfectionism as well and the need to mm. cater for every possible yeah, need yeah. every possible taste and desire at christmas and it's just it's just madness. And like you said, the expectations, we wouldn't have, we would never put those expectations on our best friend or on our sibling yes. or on our parents, but we so happily put them on ourselves. Yeah. And it, it just does seem like madness. So can you think of some ways that we could deal with some of the excess and the wastefulness at Christmas? I guess definitely planning well like that whole being organized will really helps because you've got a, a really strong idea of all of your actual needs especially when it comes to food and we've talked about the gift giving in last week but there's a lot of wastage in gift giving as well so addressing the amount of gifts you're giving uh, is definitely a good way to deal with excess and wastefulness. I found a very confronting stat last week which said that every holiday season 
Americans alone throw out over 38,000 miles of ribbon. Oh, wow. Isn't wow. that insane? Yeah. And you think, who can, who even, I don't even notice if my presents have got a ribbon on them or not. <laughs> well, you know? yeah, that's, that's another thing as well. I think that comes a little bit back to the perfectionism, a little bit, or to expectations because I know um, that a lot of people, and I, I did this years ago for a brief little period until I realized it was too much work and it was wasteful. But some people have a new theme every Christmas and so they will get rid of all their decorations because last year it was green and um green and blue. What's the word? Green and red. <laughs> last year was green and red and then this year is blue and silver. And so they have to get rid of all the green and red stuff and buy all new blue and silver. And then like the following year it's going to be a shabby chic style. So everything's going to be whitewashed timber and um, gold or something like that and so everything goes and it comes back again and the same goes with the Christmas presents and I did do that for a little while and now I just use whatever wrapping paper I've got left and whatever tags I can find or I make my own tags because I just found that you know you get this build-up of leftover wrapping paper and ribbons and bits and pieces that you either just hang on to and cause storage issues or you throw out and you waste. Uh, so I think that's another way to reduce waste as well is to just reuse what you've used before without having this pressure on yourself to have everything matching. Yeah, I think um, we had a question or a comment from one of our social media friends asking about how we could wrap presents with the planet in mind and not waste so much, you know, but I guess there's the cost of buying wrapping paper as well and tags mm. and ribbons, but also not wasting so much. So what else could we use? So I've come up with a few suggestions here, things that you can do that are a bit more eco-friendly. So you could use your kids' old artwork. Or yeah. I've got a few friends who really get into the Christmas craft, like their kids love, you know, doing things at Christmas and that's part of their tradition. So maybe you could, you know, get some butcher's paper or something like that, get your kids with some pots of paint in Christmassy colours and get them to finger paint or, mm. you know, paint pictures of Christmas trees or whatever it is and then use some of that artwork to wrap your presents in. So that's something yeah, that, that you idea. can really work with. Or just their paintings from during the year, the ones they've decided to declutter, hopefully. Mm. Use fabric that you no longer need. So some of our crafters that have a lot of Christmas fabric laying around mm. in their cupboards, you could find some pretty fabrics and wrap your items in fabric. Paper bags or cardboard boxes are always handy. My kids, if we if I buy something and it already comes in a box, I would just give my kids a couple of textures and get them to colour in the box yeah, <laughs> or draw some yeah. pictures on it. Some holly and, you know, a couple of smiley faces and whatever. I'm like, there you go, there's the paper, um, rather than wrapping the box in another layer of paper. Mm-hmm. Um, this one I found online. I've never done it, but I love the idea. Old map. That seems cool. Because no one uses maps anymore, but I thought that would be <laughs> really, right. really cool way to wrap some things. Newspaper as well. Reusable shopping bags. So mm. now that most states in Australia have moved away from single-use plastic bags, People people need reusable shopping bags. Hopefully most people have them and have a few of them. But you could always buy a nice reusable shopping bag and make that part of the gift as well. Mm, yeah. 
put it, put the gift in it. Yeah. Well, and then um, I think there was a suggestion of using pots, containers, or baskets. You know, like mm. you said, part of the gift, or wrap it in the scarf or the tea towel or something that might be part of it as well. Yeah. Or you could just, like you said, you could just opt out. You yep. could just choose not to wrap the gift. Put a tag on the top of it, and yep. we do, we do this with some of our kids' gifts because they've both got Santa sacks. You know yeah, that they've got a big exactly. yeah, passion bag with their name on it. Yeah, yeah. So do you do you do that with your kids? Do you? Yeah, pop we have a Santa sack. We have Santa sacks that I made, and um, oh, you're clever. Yeah, I was going through a sewing phase, and. Uh, I made these bags. They don't have their names on them, but they both have a colour each. And uh, so they know they're different colours and they're in Christmassy fabric. And they've just got a drawstring. And they don't have wrapped presents in them. So Santa doesn't wrap his presents. He just puts them straight into the oh, sack. perfect. Yeah. And that saves loads of time. And they just sort of empty the sack out. You know, we've got a bit of a tradition where the sack is opened in our bedroom on our bed. So they would bring Santa's sack into our bed and they both sit up on the end of the bed and... And they're both they're getting so big though like we still do it but I was gonna say the four of you in your <laughs> know, bed right? how huge is your bed <laughs> I know right and it's it's only a queen bed but yeah so now with um with two adult sized kids that yeah it gets a bit crammed on there now but and the dog because the dog always has to join in so <laughs> so it does get a bit crowded on there but it's a tradition they bring their sack in and empty it out onto our bed and open up all of the um all the little Santa the presents and and keeping with my tradition growing up now that they're older and they're teenagers and they are you know up with the whole santa jive they they still get santa sacks we have a little sign in our house that says if you don't believe you don't receive (laughs) so my kids are just at the age where they're I think the oldest one is clued on now, but I think she's so scared. Yeah, <laughs> that she's she would not desperate. Get anything yeah, that's if she right. Something. My two, my two are very much the same as well. Very, very much. My last one still clinging to this one last little thread. So I will get my kids involved with some of the decorating. Quite on, often, I'll do the the wrapping or whatever, um, whatever I've found to wrap presents in. But so instead of putting ribbon on our presents, I send the kids out to the garden. I'm like, go pick some, you know, sprigs of yeah you know, gum, gum leaves or a gum nut or find some pine cones or some shells or something like that. And we'll just and the kids might paint something or mm. you know they'll they'll colour something in and. We'll just we'll just tie a little bit of a, a leaf or a couple of dried flowers or something to the top, and it's you know it looks really nice and really personal. You don't need to spend a lot of money, and um, and I guess the thing is, you need to ask yourself if you got a present like that, would you be happy? Yes, you'd be happy. You wouldn't say, oh, you didn't spend five dollars on the Hallmark big red bow. Oh, so disappointed. So take it take it a bit easy on yourself. Definitely. I mean, I don't put ribbon. I. Don't, I don't think I'll put ribbons on at all. I just wrap and stick a tag on it. Mm-hmm. And again, the tags, you can you can do that from anything, cut up yeah. cardboard boxes and yep, exactly. you know, draw a little holly leaf in the corner or whatever it is. It doesn't need to be, as long as you can tell whose gift it is. Quite often I will just use a sharpie yeah, and say, write the, yeah. the name straight on the box yep. or straight on the paper. Yep, that's, it. that's what happens a bit in our house too sometimes. I think another thing I've opted out of in the last few years is giving cards to people that I see. Mm. I, you know, I used to get people would come over for a pre-Christmas drink and give me a card that said to Tara and Ryan and kids from whoever mm. and kids, and I'd be like, "Why are you buying me a card? <laughs> you're right to here, give me when see you're seeing you. me and you're <laughs> saying Happy Christmas. You don't need to put it in a card as well." So I will still mm. write cards 
to our friends overseas. Yeah. But that's it. So I write about 20 cards a year and that's that's us done. Yeah. I Cards is another whole thing, isn't it? And it's it's gotten so much more expensive to send cards because they've, you know, doubled the postage in the last couple of years. And it's it's a lot of work. And we all, we have, I don't know, I'm, I'm sort of torn. Part, part of me really wants the tradition of Christmas cards to continue. I, I do love it. And I think it's a nice personal touch and it's a way of showing somebody that you're thinking of them. But at the same time, sometimes it's just done by obligation. And so it's not guaranteed that the person who's written that, that card is actually thinking of you when they've written that card. And there was this one year famously that I sent one of my mum's friends three Christmas cards, three Christmas cards, because I had this system where I was staggering my card sending and I was like writing them in batches and then sending them off. And so I was trying to do it all in, I did it all in November in my three batches. And for some reason, Pam and Ray in Mildura got three cards from me that year. And it just showed me that I'd lost some of the whole personal side of it because if I didn't remember <laughs> that I had already sent her two cards and, you know, and she said to mum, I think she's just, Rebecca's on fire this year. <laughs> I don't know how You should have happened. said, no, no, that's yours for next year and the year after yeah, as well. After. You won't be hearing from oh, me for a while. I know, right? It's just, it's just absurd. I mean, two, you can understand, but three, that's, who does that? Like, yeah. who, um, am I the only, I reckon I must be the only person in the world who's ever done that. It's just so ridiculous. Ridiculous. But that sort of, you know, that sort of takes a bit of away from the personal side. But at the same time, she does like hearing from me. And so it's that whole battle of, you know, do I spend the time and the money for something that a lot of that I might not get in return? So you might not get a card from that person. And is it appreciated anymore now that I'm chatting to them on Facebook every couple of days or seeing them on Instagram all the time? Or like you said, seeing them in person a lot. And it's sort of a I I'm torn as to you know which one I prefer, but the lazy me wins, and I've been sending less and less cards. So very quickly, we will try and wrap this up, but we haven't really touched on food. But I think it's the same message through and through: just plan well, simplify where possible. Mm. Fancy doesn't always mean better with food, and I definitely. Think if you think of going to someone's house and getting a really lavish, beautiful meal, but you don't get to spend any time with the host because they're either in the kitchen or running back and forth mm-hmm. or uh, moving plates from here to there and topping up wine, then you would you would prefer to have fish and chips from yep. the takeaway shop and enjoy their company rather than have an amazing meal and not spend any time with them. So be kind to yourself and set the expectations in the right place and actually enjoy Christmas instead of being yeah. a slave to the perfectionism. Yeah, and do pre, like pre-make things as much as you possibly can. Again, in Australia we do we often have a cold lunch, so we'll have salads and cold, cold meats and stuff like that, and that's a, lo- a lot of that stuff you can do well ahead of time. Even if you're doing roasts, you can chop up your, your vegetables the day before and um, take away a lot of that prep time so that you are spending a little bit less time in the kitchen on the day. Yeah, I think to avoid the wastage too, people need to avoid where possible doing, unless you live a long way from your nearest shops, don't do the massive shops in advance because you, you're going to buy way more 
And mm. this is speaking from experience, way more than you can consume before it goes bad. Like I would think I need strawberries for the pavlova. Oh, yeah. But in case some of them go bad because I'm buying them three days ahead because I don't want to be there on Christmas Eve, I'll buy 10 punnets of strawberries <laughs> in the hope that there's enough left. Yeah. And, you know, you think, okay, this it's mad. And I don't like going, you know, to the markets or anything Christmas Eve because it is chaotic. But if you buy smaller amounts more frequently, you're less likely to end up with a lot of wastage. Yeah, that's true. And I think you also need to have your meal plan, but keep it a little bit loose, allow for changes in the schedule, more people to pop in or plans to change and you end up heading out somewhere instead. And be really honest with other people about what you want them to bring and the quantity required. So think about being really specific. If you want a green salad, someone to bring a green salad to your meal, say, I need a green salad to feed 10 adults or I need a trifle that's suitable for the kids and the adults so please don't put any alcohol in it or, Mm. you know, whatever. And be really specific so that you don't end up with copious amounts of leftovers Yeah, because then, you you know, and quite often when you're hosting, a lot of it gets left with you and then you either feel guilty throwing it out or eat it out of obligation (laughs) because you don't want to throw it out. Oh, look, I I absolutely love Boxing Day and eating leftovers. It's one of my favourite things is sitting about by the pool eating leftover pav, not that there's usually much leftover pav, but eating leftovers and just chilling out. I love it. I love eating leftovers. One thing you can do is, and and one of the family that I know does this, is they always organise a get-together on Boxing Day to specifically eat the leftovers at. (laughs) And so that Mm -hmm. really, you know, there's no waste then because everyone eats all the leftovers and it's, you know, and it's part of the tradition of of Christmas. Well, this year we're trying something different with my mum's side of the family and we're going out for lunch. So Mm. there's no need, which I'm really happy with because when you're not at home, it's hard to contribute anything, you know, lovely and homemade. Um, So we suggested that we might all go out for lunch. Then no one has to do any prep. No one, you know, there's not going to be, well, I doubt there'll be that much leftovers <laughs> and no one's going to take anything home. So, yep. um, and then because most people have other places to go as well. And no cleaner. Um, I'm sure. No dishes. Oh, imagine. Yeah. Yeah. It should be nice and relaxing. So that's that's what we're going to try this year and we'll we'll see how it goes. I think my last point on this is don't buy anything too exotic that you won't eat after the festivities are finished. And mm. I have done this things like I love Christmas cake but I love a slice of Christmas cake I don't like Christmas cake until March I like it <laughs> one day of the year but I will I will buy or I will make big Christmas cakes and then if it doesn't get eaten I'm like oh <laughs> I don't, yeah. especially in a hot Aussie summer yeah Christmas, Christmas cake, cake is necessarily yeah yeah so so think about that as well and rather than going the exotic option think about something that is if it is left over or there's excess that you would still use the week after or the month after. Mm. Okay, so hopefully we have given you a few tips on how to simplify your Christmas. And next week, please come back and join us when we're going to talk about how to deal with the cleanup after Christmas and a few ideas around decorations and storage of those. And I hope you're really enjoying the festive season and managing to slow down and enjoy it. Yep, and we will see you next week talking about the post-Christmas organising. Thanks for joining us. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, 
please subscribe or leave a review or a rating. Please feel free to tell your friends about us if they too would like to be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or via Facebook and Instagram or on our own pages at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.